It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 240, a quantum podcast that looks at news and views throughout the world from a Christian worldview and uh, through the eyes of music as well. Well, I was at a Delamitri concert in Newtown in Sydney this week. I loved it. And so I just thought, let's just play Delamitri. We'll use Delamitri for all the, the, the tracks that we use as we comment on things going on in the world. So... Let's start with this one. Post office clerks put up signs saying position closed. And secretaries turn off typewriters and put on their coats. And janitors padlock the gates for security guards to patrol. And bachelors phone up their friends for a drink while the married ones turn on a chat show. And we'll all be lonely tonight and lonely tomorrow Gentlemen, time please, you know we can't serve anymore Now the traffic lights change to stop when there's nothing to go And by five o'clock everything's dead And every third car is a cab and ignorant people sleep in their beds like the dope white mice in the college lab. And nothing ever happens, nothing happens at all. The needle returns to the start of the song, and we all sing along like before. And we'll all be lonely tonight, and lonely tomorrow. Nothing ever happens. We think that. Uh, it's a Chinese proverb, isn't it? A Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Well, we certainly don't live in a world where nothing ever happens. Sometimes we may feel that in terms of our personal lives. We may get stuck in a rut and bored, but uh, I've not known that for many decades. Um, such a sad song. The needle returns to the start of the songs. We'll all be lonely tonight. Well, I hope you're not lonely, and we're just going to go through, uh, to start with, actually, some things that are happening throughout the world. We've been focusing a lot on what's been going on in Scotland and the US and the UK. So let's just do one or two other things. Um, Nigeria. The ruling party candidate, Bolo Tinubu, has won Nigeria's highly disputed weekend election. Um, Mohamedou Buhari has stepped down. And Ms. Tanubu, who's 70 years old, the candidate for the All Progressives Congress, he won 8.8 million votes, defeating the People's Democratic Party candidate Atiku Abubakar and Labour's Peter Obi. Now, the situation in Nigeria is something we do need to pray for. It is, there is this just continual Islamist insurgency where more than two million people have been displaced in the northeast because of it. The separatists attack police in the southeast. Nigeria itself is Niger is Africa's top oil producers, 
but itself suffers from fuel shortages, huge energy import bills due to lack of refineries, and a lot of theft from its wells and pipelines. Okay, I don't think we played this national anthem before. Do you know this one? That is, of course, the Danish national anthem. Um, A little bit unusual in terms of European, particularly Scandinavian anthems. It doesn't mention God. Um, But there's an interesting news item from from Denmark. Wonderful country, by the way. Beautiful country. Denmark's parliament has voted to abolish a springtime public holiday to boost spending on the military. This is a holiday called the Great Prayer Day, which has been observed since the 17th century. Apparently, this is going to provide an extra £355 million, $427 million, to be used on the defence budget. Um, But lots of protesters are gathered. The Socialists, uh, Carsten Honga, a member of the Socialist People's Party, said that the government was thieving people's time I'm not sure that she's objecting because the day of prayer has been taken away. But it's an interesting thing, isn't it, that this change of plan is due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So instead of turning swords into plowshares, weapons into plows, what we're doing is turning prayer into weapons. Sad. All right, uh, I think we could do with another bit of Delamitri. This is Stone Cold Sober. Everybody in the sun house says they want out, but we're taking out time because we're in love with Stone 
I think that it's just amazing lyrics. Caught in the headlights, wide-eyed and ready to receive, we are the dead life, locked in dogfights, lost in disbelief. And these dark nights make the nights, dark days make the nights seem brighter than they are. Justin Curry is just a brilliant lyricist songwriter. Locked in dogfights, lost in disbelief. Describes things. Uh, Let's go to Greece. There's been a terrible tragedy there that uh, two trains have collided. At least 36 people, many aged in their 20s, have died. One was a commuter train packed with holiday students and the other was a freight train. And it appears that the station master, who's only been in the job for six weeks, was responsible. Um, Just an awful tragedy. And those of you who are in Greece, and I know that some of you do listen from Greece because you tell me so, um, we pray for your country as well. And then uh, let's come to the United Kingdom and to Northern Ireland and what appears to be a quite remarkable deal done by Rishi Sunak with the EU. Now, we don't know the details of it yet, but it does appear to be as though the deadlock between the United Kingdom and the European Union over Northern Ireland has been broken. We are yet to see if the DUP, the the Ulster Unionist Party, will go along with this. But it is a bit of good news. Um, We shall see. We'll see what happens with it. And speaking of the UK Parliament, this wonderful woman died this week. Mr Blair... Mr. Jameson. This is so time-consuming. Come on, Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes, spit it out. Come on. Dr. Paisley, I require you to leave the precincts of this house for the remainder of the day's sitting. I was a woman, so I never really thought, oh, here I am, the first woman. I just felt I've just got to do this job to the best of my ability. I couldn't let Parliament down. I love Parliament. And I was its servant and not its master. And I wanted to do it right, and I wanted to do it right for womankind too. And therefore I say to all of you, in a phrase you know so well, but has never been more true, time's up. (laughs) That is the indefatigable Betty Boothroyd, Speaker of the House of Commons from April 1992, to October 2000. She died this week, aged 93. She was the first female speaker, and I love the way she kept people in order. I do think the, was it Simon Hughes, that that, that one who spit it out, spit it out, man. You're not going to get silence. Um, yeah, I think she's probably one of my, uh, well, certainly my favourite speaker anyway. Let's uh, go back to Delamitri. Uh, this is their song, The Last to Know. So you're in love with someone else Someone who burns within your soul And it looks like I am the last to know I hear you've never felt so alive So much desire
If you go, don't tell, let me be the last to know. Creation's gone crazy, the TV's gone mad. Now you're the only sane thing that I have. Creation's gone crazy, the TV's gone mad. It's again, a great commentary on the stuff that we're, we are looking at. Always the last to know how you're feeling. Now, last week we mentioned um, the Kate Forbes situation in Scotland. I've been on the media quite a lot with the BBC and other things, uh, American radio and so on, and just actually done something here in Australia just before I record this. Um, I do think it is an incredibly important issue. And the first hustings, and by the way, the SNP weren't going to allow these hustings to be broadcast, but this one was on YouTube. Uh, They changed their mind. And here is Humza Yousaf saying something completely fascinating and also disturbing. Listen to this. For me, it is about the basis by which you legislate. So I'm a proud Muslim. I'm proud of my faith. But for me, my faith hasn't been the basis of legislation, of how I make policy. Because what I've got to do as a legislator, what I've got to do as a policymaker, is not look at just what my personal faith is or what my religion says, but what is in the best interest of society as a whole. I've got to make sure I represent everybody. How do I make sure that the laws that I bring forward chime with uh, what I think the country uh, needs? And for me, it's really important that, yes, absolutely, we should all be upfront and honest uh, about our our views. And and, and Kate, Ash and I, I think, have all been asked about these questions in the last week and all been upfront and honest uh, about our views. But really, really important that two things. One, our job as leader of the SNP Uh, whoever gets it, will be to grow support for independence. We have to grow support for independence. And it's so, so important that whoever is First Minister, that whether you're lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, whoever you are, that you can look the First Minister in the eye and you can have confidence that they will not only protect your rights, that they will not only uh, 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 tolerate you, but that they will celebrate you and that they will advance your rights where they possibly can. And secondly, so, so important for our cause that people absolutely believe that whoever the First Minister is uh, will not just, as I say, tolerate, but celebrate the diversity uh, of our country. And I think regardless of your faith, we should be able to do that. So yes, uh, to answer your question, a person of faith can absolutely be in the top job. Now, he actually came across very well in that hustings, I thought, as I thought did Kate Forbes. But it's this statement that he made. I don't legislate on the basis of my faith, but on what is in the best interest of society. That raises two questions. Don't you think that the Islamic faith is in the best interest of society? I think the Christian faith is in the best interest of society. And my understanding of Islam, having read several Islamic authors, is that Muslims don't separate religion and politics and regard Islam as being the best way to run a country. Um, 
it's impossible for Humza Yusuf to say, I, I celebrate Ramadan, but I don't accept Islamic doctrine or that Islamic doctrine is the best for society. It seems completely bizarre. And if your faith doesn't tell you what's the best for society, how do you know what is? What tells you? You'll notice in that clip he says, it chimes with what I think the country needs. So Humza knows what's best for society? We've all to follow that? It's a very strange way of, of dictating things. I, I think he's very, very weak on this, very weak. And then the other clip that was in there was about we should not only tolerate, tolerate but celebrate. Now, that was a dig at Kate Forbes. He's saying, okay, you're going to tolerate same-sex marriage. You're not going to try and change it. But you must celebrate it. You must celebrate homosexuality. You must celebrate. Now, what happens if in the future, as is likely, the Scottish government passes, let's say, a euthanasia law? Are we compelled to celebrate that? Tolerance is no longer enough. You have to accelerate, uh, celebrate. And, you know, I don't believe for a single minute that Humza Yousaf will celebrate Christianity, nor that he will expect others to do so. This is a very powerful and disturbing trend. There was a Theos poll this week that uh, indicated that up to 50% of voters in the United Kingdom think that if you're an evangelical Christian, you shouldn't even be allowed to stand for high political office, for parliament. And such has been in the indoctrination in our culture that actually Muslims are to be trusted, even though Islam is a specifically political religion and Christianity actually isn't. Then, but still, that's what people think. Well, actually, they're not thinking. People are just emoting what they have been told. Now, part of the problem that's occurred in with the... Uh, attack on Cape Forbes has to do with this question of same-sex marriage. And I was asked this week, how would you answer that question? Because the question does seem unanswerable if, when it's framed in this way. Why, do you, why would you not vote for two people who love one another to be able to get married? And it's a real gotcha question. And the answer to that question is very simple. I've written about it and I'll put a link to the article. It's, it all depends on what your definition of marriage is. So marriage in the traditional Christian sense of the word, the sense that has dominated in Europe and Western society for over 1,500 years, is a union between a man and a woman for the purpose of procreation and bringing up children for the good of society. Um, by definition, then, if marriage is between a man and a woman, two men can't get married. Two women can get married. Now, that's obvious. So in order to have that happen, you then have to change the definition of marriage. You have to redefine marriage. I remember when I wrote to David Cameron when he was prime minister and I got a reply from his office. I asked him, what is marriage going to be when you do this? What, how do you define marriage? And do you know what they said? Marriage is between two adults who love one another. Well, what a pathetically weak answer. Two brothers who love one another? And why just two adults? Why not three or four or 20? Because what has happened is, it's not that gay people are allowed to marry. It's that marriage has been redefined for us all. It's no longer covenantal or for the Catholics, sacramental. 
It has just become a civil contract. Now, there were civil partnerships before. The government can, if it wishes, provide civil partnerships. It can provide civil partnerships for lots of different things, but it can provide those. But the government can no more change the definition of marriage than they can say that a square circle exists. They just can't do that. Now, of course, people say, well, they've done it. But what they have done is created a new thing, which is not marriage. So I don't, people say about same-sex marriage, I don't even accept it exists. I accept there are same-sex partnerships. That's a different thing. One person who really gets this, and I highly recommend you listen to the whole clip, but I'm just going to play you part of it. This is Reverend Calvin Robinson speaking at the Oxford Union, possibly one of the best speeches I've ever heard on the subject. Here's part of it. As Christians, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. The trap that we're falling into in this debate is looking at the church through the eyes of the world rather than through his kingdom. In the secular world, we already have equality in law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free-for-all. We must turn away from sin, repent, and follow Christ. And I want to specify, it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God, and God forgives all of us of our depravity but we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward him. And it seems the panel opposite me has forgotten to separate the sin from the sinner. One can denounce sin while still welcoming the sinner. So as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is do not lead us astray. Do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing. Do not be the false teachers that the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion, and equality and get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. This is spiritual neglect. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to people by supporting them through those struggles and reminding them that Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ when the world tries to lead them away from him. I think that's a wonderful clip. Um, Let's come forward to something else. And that is the whole question of friendship. This is an amazing case. This is from Singapore. The CEO of a Singaporean drone racing company Kay Kwashigan is suing his former friend Nora Tan Shumei and he's suing her for over three million dollars in Singapore's high court get this for not becoming his girlfriend I think back to my teenage angst years and how many people I could have sued (laughs) they had developed a friendship but by late 2020 their relationship became misaligned and Ms Tan told Mr Kawashigan that she only wanted to remain friends. He now claims he suffered emotional trauma. Oh, I just, my heart breaks from him. Um, and he threatened legal action for financial damages, he says, have arisen from the negligent infliction of emotional distress and possible defamation when Miss Tan tried to restrict contact with him and impose boundary. He warned her of irrevocable damages to her personal and professional endeavours if she did not comply with his demands. She eventually cut all contacts from him. Oh, well, listen, hey, if you've asked someone out, if you've asked someone to be your girlfriend or boyfriend, um, well, actually, let's just talk to the men here. If you've asked a girl, no, don't sue her. Don't sue her for the emotional distress she's caused you. Oh, dear. Just think how many people we could sue for emotional distress. 
Anyway, I'll go back to Delamitri and maybe uh, the Singaporean gentleman should have heeded this advice to kiss this thing goodbye. It seems like weeks since you looked at me, baby, without that look of distaste. I don't know why your feelings are changing, but I've seen it. Before we go, a couple of other things. Um, we keep Canada. I, I can't make up my mind which is going to go worse. Now, I think in Scotland, by the way, if Kate Forbes is elected, there'll be a break put on all the woke stuff, which is wonderful. If Humza gets elected, I think it'll be a race between us and Canada to the bottom. And here's a story from Canada. A young school pupil called Josh Alexander was suspended from St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfrew, Ontario. He's in the 11th grade. The class was discussing gender, and he said there are only two genders. I said, he said, there are only two genders, and you were born either a male or a female, and that got me into trouble. I then said that gender doesn't trump biology. He was kicked out of the class. He was told he couldn't return till he changed his mind. St. Joseph stated he couldn't attend classes till he affirmed that he would not use the dead name of any transgender student uh, and agreed to exclude himself from his two afternoon classes because those classes are attended by two transgender students who disapprove of Josh's religious beliefs. Remember, this isn't a Catholic school. Dead name, by the way, is transgender lingo for the name given to students at birth. Uh, Alexander said this had never come up. So he arrived at the school to attend class anyway. The school called the police and he was arrested for saying there are two genders at a Catholic school. This quote from him is extraordinary. They definitely quote scripture, but at the same time, for every crucifix on the wall, there's also a pride flag. And there's a lot of gender ideology, encouragement of gender dysphoria. Wow. Many girls have, of course, been upset that biological males are permitted in their bathrooms. The principal told him, I'm not going to pursue your personal crusade. I'll have to hear it from a female student. A female student then went and spoke to him. The principal just ignored it anyway. Um... His older brother, Nick, says it's time for young people to stand up. And I certainly agree with that. By the way, Kate Forbes, I have to give her credit, absolute credit for this. When asked, what is a transgender woman, said this. A transgender woman is a biological man who wants to be a woman. True. But she was reported to her own National Executive Council for hate speech. Oh, dear. Speak the truth. You're in trouble. You know, uh, I'm so grateful. By the way, I should say um, hi to all the new listeners. After the BBC appearance last week, uh, there were there were more listeners to last week's podcast than we've ever had before, which is great. And I hope you're here again this week. Um, 
the way that we operate here is you can feel free to send ideas to, to me. You can send comments. You can send criticisms. You can send questions. Feel free to do whatever you want. Um, we get lots of information from lots of different people, which is, is wonderful. And I do ask, if, if you are not a Christian, I ask you to think about this world. You know, I'm, I'm going to say something. Well, we're going we're gonna to go out with this song. Again, Delamitri, Roll to Me. Um, look into your heart, pretty baby. Is it aching with some nameless need? Is there something wrong and you can't put your finger on it? Right then, roll to me. Now, I'm not talking about rolling to me, as in David Robertson. I'm saying what goes on in the world should cause us to roll to Christ, to turn to Christ. Again, the song goes on, a soul so in despair. So if you want to talk the night through, guess who'll be there? Now he's talking about that. That's a love song. But it's something that ultimately, I think, does apply to Christ. When you've been down so long, you can hardly see when the engine's stalled and it won't stop running. It's the right time to roll to me. So I will love you and leave you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, thanks to Peter for producing this. Uh, if you wish to support the Podbean, uh, this, this podcast, go to the Podbean fundraiser. I'll put all the links on the website. Uh, the website is www.theweeflee.com. Or you can go to the site that we've developed here in Australia, uh, www.askask.org.au, where there's lots of opportunities for you to ask questions and you can follow all this on social media as well. So God bless you and roll to Christ. See you guys. Bye. Something wrong and you can't put your finger on it Right then, roll to me And I don't think I have ever seen a soul so in despair So if you want to talk the night through, guess who? When the engine stall and it won't stop raining, it's the right time to roll to me. Roll to me. Roll to me. And I don't think I have ever seen a soul so in despair. So if you want to talk the night through, guess who? Time to roll